You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about the variety of topics covered on the show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider becoming a monthly donor to support my work and allow it to continue to go on and be free for all to access for as low as 99 cents a month. Visit the support the show link on my site's homepage for more information. Hello everybody and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. I apologize once again for the technical difficulties last week. We did not have a headline roundup episode last week. So we have a lot to talk about today because it's two weeks worth of K-Pop news. So let's dive right into category one of K-Pop news. BTS's new single and music video for Butter. Before talking about the commercial success of this song, I want to share my reaction to it. First of all, it's a bop. Once again, a song of the summer. I really do think it is a great light and fun song for the summer. Just so easy and fun to dance to. Perfect for a summer party playlist. I actually might like it more than Dynamite. It's got... They went more in the direction of synth pop this time and added that bass line that made everybody think of Queen. It, it was just a really well-produced song. Another thing I want to point out is, I don't know if this was an intentional decision, but it's really interesting how they sing about smooth like butter, like a criminal undercover, and they pose with those numbers in front of the jail lineup wall, and that whole scene mixed with the fact they're talking about smooth like butter, I don't know, it made me think of smooth criminal. Maybe they meant to make that Michael Jackson connection in their work. Maybe I'm just speculating, but it's an interesting interesting thing to bring to mind, especially because they did that Michael Jackson kick dance move in Dynamite, so it would make sense. As for my theories, I totally get that with some artists, like BTS, we should never just assume any decision was random. Could be an Easter egg, could be either a hint, a nod to what they did previously, or a preview of what to expect from future releases from them. And whenever those kinds of artists say, don't read too much into this one, this one is just a light and fun release without any hidden meaning that you need to find as a detective here. I totally get the instinct to be like, yeah, sure, right, don't read into this for those certain artists that are so intentional and clever. But I honestly, honestly, honestly think we should actually take Namjoon at his word this time. I know, call me naive if you want, but I really do think he means it when he keeps saying this is just a fun song for summer that we didn't try to make deeper meaning out of. Just something to boost people's spirits and dance to. Especially in the music video and in the teaser posters, we're looking for details now I just think are not there. Call me naive if you want, and I know I could be totally wrong, but I honestly believe him. And then, of course, you could also say, me doth think he protests too much because he's been saying that again and again and again and again. But I honestly think here that the reverse psychology is just going too far. I really think he means it. When he says, don't read into this one, you don't need to play detective right now. As for the yellow lollipop, which was a big detail that me sluice, my fellow army sluice noticed in the teaser poster. I honestly think that what happened was BTS was in meetings planning this release and planning as they always do at every step of the way. So what should the whole theme be of this? What details should we add to it that fans can 
point out and find later on. And I think during one of those meetings, they just decided, let's go super simple and not make them read too much into it and just let them have some fun this summer. But hey, why don't we throw in a, a symbol for old time's sake, just to give fans, throw fans a bone a little. They have great faith in us to catch this stuff. So I think they realized ARMY's going to find stuff, find meaning in anything anyway. Let's just go with an easy symbol. So let's just use a symbol that ARMY has seen in a million of our music videos before, and that's really it. The one area here where I do think they took extra time to consider how they could hide meaning in the video is with the numbers they put on those signs they held up during the police lineup scene. And they further showed they just want ARMY to take a break from playing detective because they just flat out told us what those numbers are for them. Some of them confirmed they just chose random combinations of numbers. But others picked special days for them, like Jungkook picked 110604, which is the first day he joined the dorms at Big Hit. Jimin picked the date of BTS's first concert. RM picked the day they were at the Grammys. So it's not like they treated this comeback without the same care and attention they do all their comebacks. I just think they did it in a different way. One that was not about reading between the lines in any way. But of course, another really solid comeback from them that has broken so many records. When the music video was premiering, 3.9 million people were concurrently viewing it, which actually broke their Dynamite record by a lot. Dynamite had an audience of 3 million for the live premiere. This one had 3.9 million. After 13 minutes had passed, it had already reached 10 million views in record time for YouTube. Two hours and 20 minutes later, 30 million views. 19 hours later, 95 million views. 21 hours later, 100 million views. Less than a week later, 200 million. Thanks to the Butter single and music video, BTS now has five more Guinness World Records. Hopefully for the sake of their lucky number, they've reached seven Guinness World Records broken pretty soon, and maybe they have by the time this episode comes out. Most viewers for the premiere of a YouTube video, most viewers for the premiere of a music video on YouTube, most viewed YouTube video in its first 24 hours, in 24 hours by a K-pop group, and most streamed track on Spotify in its first 24 hours, beating Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran's record. Their collab, I Don't Care, had surpassed 10.97 million streams, 10.97, and this one surpassed 11 million streams in the first 24 hours. The song has topped iTunes in 101 regions. It became their highest ranking chart song yet for the Billboard Pop Song Radio Airplay chart, and it was tweeted about 31 million times on its release day, which averages to about 5 million tweets about the song per hour. If you want a quick rundown of the press conference for Butter, there are two main takeaways I got from it. One is that, as always, they are very deep and reflective on their platform and how to best use it. They're constantly considering, and Namjoon was talking about this, how they're constantly reassessing, and especially now as they didn't win a Grammy but got nominated for one, what do they really want? What will actually satisfy them? And why do they do this? What is the purpose of their music? how they can best serve others through music. They just have a, such a strong sense of purpose about that that I really respect. 
The other big takeaway I got is, based on the way they carefully worded it, it definitely sounds like this is meant to be a song to tide us over until their next comeback. So they have been hard at work on their next album already, but they made it sound like, hold on for a while, enjoy this song for the summer, and we'll be back with the album later. I do think they'll probably have a fourth quarter album release, and until then, enjoy this song of the summer. And also be aware of the fact V has been saying he wants to release his debut mixtape by the end of this year, but that's also what he was saying throughout last year. He keeps admitting to pushing back the release date because it's becoming a more involved project for him than he ever expected. So I predict that it will be pushed back yet again and his mixtape will come out early 2022. But he might release a song or two off of the mixtape before that, so something to look forward to. Especially also because in his Rolling Stone profile, he talked about how Sweet Night, his OST, was meant to be originally just a song for his mixtape, not a soundtrack song at all. More BTS updates. Since the last time we talked about them on the show, they've won six new awards, at the very least. Two iHeartRadio Music Awards for Best Fan Army and Best Music Video, and four Billboard Music Awards for all four categories they were nominated in. Song Sales, Selling Song, duo and group, and top social artist. That last one they won for the fifth year in a row. Again, their lucky number is seven. Let's push for at least two more years of them winning that one. They've also performed Butter on Colbert Show, which also featured, that episode featured a fun segment about fun Korean hand gestures that's very cute. They performed on Good Morning America. They released the Muster Calendar for their eight-year anniversary special. The muster is a special month. The festa and the muster are a special time for ARMY every June around their debut date. And this year's theme for the online muster will be Sowuzu, aka Microcosmos. Remember last time it was Magic Shop. They usually theme it around a certain song. Sunday, June 13th, 6.30 p.m. Korean time, which is 4.30 a.m. Chicago time, Central Time Zone. They also will have a world tour version of their concert, as they call it, the next night, June 14th, at the same time, which will include non-Korean songs in their catalog, presumably meaning English and Japanese releases. They also made their cameo on the Friends Reunion special. That was a really sweet moment for Namjoon, and an interesting one in general to realize how wide-reaching the impact of that show is globally, because Namjoon is not the only one. Friends is super popular in other countries to help learn English, and it actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it and isn't so odd because the best way to learn a language is honestly probably through consuming media in that language, like movies and TV shows, because it's both a way to visually and auditorily learn with subtitles, so that's double the type of learning you're trying out, plus it's how people actually talk and interact with each other. If you think about how you study a language in a classroom setting or via textbook, you're taught the very, very formal technical way of saying some stuff. And you're taught some words and phrases that just simply aren't used as often as slang versions or other topics entirely. So the most beneficial way to learn about relationships might be through a show called Friends about friends. Friends actually also has a huge fan base in China. But BTS got censored out of the special there because some artists were that were perceived by Chinese media to be 
critical of them at some point. And so, but when it comes to good consequences, the broadcaster who I shall not name to give him further publicity, who said some horribly racist and offensive things about BTS, had his show ended. After three months since those comments caused a rightful uproar, his show has come to an end. The network insists it is not because of this uproar that his show ended. And interesting twist, he still works for this company. So it's not like they wanted to just sever all ties with him because he works for them as a podcast editor. So they still wanted to give him a paycheck and keep him on board the team, just not have a front-facing role anymore. And I honestly think there's no way his show's ending was was not at least at some level affected by the outrage. I cannot imagine a fandom as giant and passionate as the army not impacting their decision, not causing enough blowback to cause that company to have some sort of crisis meeting to talk about what to do, some PR crisis moment. So I have a feeling that's what happened. I don't think it would have been a ratings thing because... At the end of the day, sometimes all press is good press, unfortunately, and when you call something out, you do draw attention to it. Sometimes you have to call it out, but then you draw attention to it. It is what it is, and so I don't think ratings, slumping, attention waning on this network was a cause of the show's end. I do think that to some degree in meetings and discussions about this PR crisis, they were impacted by the cause of said PR crisis. In more programming news, CL is set to be a judge on Super Band 2, which premieres June 21st. This is a reality show where you audition as individuals, but then you are put into groups who compete against each other. And there are no genre restrictions on who tries out, making for an interesting variety of performers, making this judging role perfect for CL, who has dabbled in everything from rap to EDM to straight down the middle pop and lots more, so really excited to see her in that role. In more TV news, yet another Masked Singer remake is coming to yet another country, because now Amazon Prime Video is bringing you The Masked Singer Japan. This is very interesting timing for this announcement, and currently the polls sit at about 80% of Japanese citizens want the Olympics this summer to be cancelled. They don't think it's worth the COVID risk to host the Olympics. It's actually sometimes not as exciting for the host city as you would imagine. Obviously, these events are very different scales, but it's just really interesting timing, very, very generally speaking, that a globally loved source of entertainment that would cause a worldwide audience to fixate on Japan, that would bring all eyes around the world to Japan, may no longer be an option. So now a different form of globally beloved mass appeal generating entertainment will bring all eyes to Japan instead. Again, super different scale events, but I just think it's an interesting time for Japanese soft power in the entertainment industry to keep all eyes on Japan. Just something I was thinking about when I heard this Amazon Prime news. Moving on to the next big story, June's Digital KCON, aka K-Contact for You, has finalized a bunch of details. The event this year will be the 19th to the 27th of this month, and the full lineup includes WikiMiki, SF9, B2B, Icon, Golden Child, Stray Kids, Itzy, Astro, Ha Sun Woon, 
JO1, Pentagon, very, very, weekly, 17, Luna, Ace, Everglow, From is 9, Oh My Girl, CN Blue, P1 Harmony, The Boys, and TO1. It's quite a stacked lineup. I honestly was so, so pleasantly surprised to see 17's names on the list. So don't forget the due date is June 9th if you want to submit an application to become a live audience member. And winners for the live audience events will be announced June 15th. The fee differs depending on you're watching via iOS or Android. So for a basic ticket to watch the whole week of programming, it costs $25 iOS. Only $20 if you have an Android. For a K-Contact Plus package, it's $30 for iOS users, $25 for Android users, and if you want the K-Contact Premium package, which includes even more behind-the-scenes footage, fan cam packages, etc., it costs $45 iOS, $35 for Android users. Moving on to some more Seventeen news. Mingyu and Wanwu released their beautiful collaboration with Lee Hai called Bittersweet, which Wink wink, I will have more thoughts on in a Best of May episode coming your way very soon. Bittersweet as of recording time, top 10 regions so far around the world on iTunes. 17's most iconic choreography-based video, Don't Wanna Cry, surpassed 200 million views. 17 also for their 6-year anniversary special, decided to cheer up fans with an All My Love acoustic performance. They also released behind the scenes of the Rolling Stone In My Room performance filming. And they also performed Don't Wanna Cry at the CSU Night for Change event. So they've been very busy and will only get busier when it's time to promote their June comeback. Shameless plug slash plea. Feel free to call into the show sometime, 17. You are always welcome. It'd be a dream to have you as a guest sometime or even just for an interview on the site. And don't forget, if you want to see them at K-Contact, their date on the schedule is for June 24th, both the meet-and-greet and live concert segments airing. Now for some more rapid-fire headlines aside from those categories. A Tri-B staff member was diagnosed with COVID-19. All of the band members tested negative, though, and then returned to promo activities as planned. Everglow has decided to change their group leader to Shihyun. It honestly sounds like it was a mutual decision among the members with no particular bad blood reason for the switch. Monster X has finally rescheduled for real their North American tour dates starting January 29th in New York in 2022 and ending in LA February 2nd, 2022. If you got a ticket for the original 2020 dates, that ticket should be honored for the new date. Twice is set to perform on The Ellen Show June 9th to promote their new album. Perfume, J-pop icons, are part of the Primavera Sound Festival lineup for 2022. Both BTS's Map of the Soul 7 and Blackpink's The Album are nominated for Lion Awards, which is a People's Choice charity award show. There is a new adorable social media friendship. This time, it's Ryan Reynolds and Stray Kids. Long story short, after a back and forth of compliments, they send each other autographed bottles. And Ryan Reynolds officially confirmed, Bang Chan is his favorite Aussie ever. 
Hugh Jackman, as of recording time, has not been reached for comment. Neither has Felix from Stray Kids, but I'm assuming he's also a favorite Aussie. My favorite thing about this is not just that two of my faves are interacting, which I always love to see. This is not Ryan Reynolds' first time proving he's a K-pop stan. He was on Mass Singer Korea during a winner's episode, and it was so iconic. He was the unicorn. Truly my favorite episode of the show ever. He tweeted about starting a new life with XO and moving away from his family for it. Lots of tweets that are jokes, unless. He wants you to think, unless. A lot of artists have gotten solo Instagram accounts now, from G-Idol Soyeon to a bunch of former Eyes One members. Ming-Chin from Very Very is back from an eight-month hiatus. Meanwhile, Jury from Rocket Punch is going on hiatus now, citing health issues. Blackpink's concert from earlier this year is now going to be available to buy on a DVD. Available for pre-order now and officially out June 18th. Speaking of YG Entertainment, they have opened up a new fan zone called The Same. S-A-M-E-E. And the theme is basically their artist alter egos, who they view as the fans. Read into that as you will. This will be a place for merch sales, obviously as well as a cafe and different spaces to hold fan events and exhibitions. Tableau from Epic High is set to produce a new Amazon comedy series with Scooter Braun projects called Neon Machine. We'll keep tabs on that story for sure and keep you posted. Everglow is set to have their first headlining solo concert. July 25th, it's a virtual show 3 p.m. Korean Standard Time, which is 1 a.m. Central Time Zone. Tickets available via Interpark's website. The Joy Ruckus Club is hosting what they call the K-Pop Superfest. It's a live stream event June 19th starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time. The lineup includes AB6, Ailey, Alexa, Blue, Momoland, Rain, and many more. Visit sessionslive.com backslash Joy Ruckus Club. The J-Rock group Bandmade is a part of the Splendor XR 2021 virtual festival lineup. That will be Sunday, July 25th. It'll also be Saturday the 24th, but Bandmade performs on the 25th. For more information, visit Splendor, S-P-L-E-N-D-O-U-R-X-R.com. The 27th Dream Concert is also a virtual event this year. On June 26th, Eric Nam is set to go back to his home of Georgia for the Atlanta Music Midtown Festival, September 18th and 19th. G-Friends Unha has started her own SoundCloud account with the release of an IU cover. Han Bin from the show Island has decided to leave B-Lift Lab and instead join Everglow's company, which also manages C-pop artists as well, so that's an interesting place to promote himself. BTS is officially the fastest group since 1970 when the Jackson 5 did this. The fastest group to get four number one songs on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Meanwhile, RM from BTS as a soloist has reached a cumulative 500 million streams on Spotify. BI's new album, Waterfall, has topped iTunes in 20 countries, and its title track has topped iTunes in 17 countries. Taeyeon and Yu Yeonjin's collaboration for Cure has surpassed 3 million views, reaching 25 million views. 
and hyphens drunk dazed. Reaching 30 million views, NCT 127's Gimme Gimme, reaching 50 million, Super M's Tiger Inside, and Espa's Next Level, which truly is next level success-wise, because it reached 50 million in just three days. Reaching 80 million views is BTS with Persona, and Kai with Mm, reaching 100 million, Super M with Jopping, Niju with Step in a Step, Itzy with In the Morning, which is their fastest to reach that, BTS with Shadow, and TXT with Blue Hour. By the way, TXT's new album has also had the achievement of surpassing 700,000 stock pre-orders, more than half a million. The song Breakthrough by Twice appears to have been very aptly titled. After surpassing 100 million views, Twice officially became the girl group with the most videos over 100 million in YouTube's history, surpassing Little Mix, because Twice now has 17 different videos with over 100 million views each. Reaching 200 million views, BTS's No More Dream, 300 million on Twice's I Can't Stop Me, 500 million on Twice's What Is Love, and Icon's Love Scenario, 700 million for Blackpink's How You Like That Dance Practice video. Dynamite by BTS has reached 1.1 billion views. Kill This Love is the fastest K-pop group video to reach 1.3 billion views. Rosé's On The Ground became the fastest K-pop solo debut song to reach 100 million Spotify streams. And Blackpink's Kill This Love EP just became the first EP from a girl group to ever reach 800 million streams on Spotify. Taeyeon is the first NCT member on his own to get a Spotify profile to reach 630,000 followers. NCT Dream just became double million sellers, 2 million copies sold in 16 days since its release. Red Velvet's Joy has a debut solo album called Hello that topped iTunes in 26 international regions. And lastly, J-pop star Lisa has surpassed 2 million subscribers on YouTube. That wraps up today's episode. Stay tuned for a new episode of the recurring episode theme, Stay Tuned, which has a new episode coming very soon, plus my best of May recap on the way. So stay tuned to the site and the podcast. Lots coming. Thank you as always for listening. And before I go, your book recommendation of the day. How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. As we reflect on the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre, it's more important than ever to stop and think about how we remember or misremember or don't remember fully what have we learned in school, what have we not learned, and from whose perspective, through whose lens, did we learn about those issues from? How did they... How can we get a fuller picture of history and... That's all I'll say for now, but go check out how the word is passed.